Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Richard Porter. I'm Johnny Smith. And this is Smith & Sniff, a podcast in which two friends talk about cars and many other things. There should definitely be a name of a storm that's just called Storm Don't Drive a Suzuki Jimny. Because Ooh. Suzuki Jimny's the Jimny in a storm. must be horrific in a storm. Yeah, I've driven it in two storms, which is too, too many. And also, yeah. the other thing is, is, um, is, is you realise that it's like watching a very slow boat on a, on, a, on a stormy day by the sea going against the current. You realise it's got everything wide open, full, full yeah. throttle, and it's just not proceeding. Well, like James May's shit dinghy. Yes, it's like James Mason. It's exactly like that. And I, I felt like that. And I was actually at the coast this morning. I woke up off of the coast. And um, <laughs> when, off, and when you say off of the coast, were you drifting listlessly through the North Sea? Actually, to be specific, I was just off of the fucking coast because I was, I was at Southend on Sea. And I, and I took, I, I thought it's extremely stormy and rather dangerous. So I, I, went, I went on the pier, which is the world's oh. longest pier. Yeah. And um, I'd never done it before, and I took my son, and we went on a very rickety train, which genuinely felt like it was going to fall into the ocean. And I was... I had a coffee this morning 1.3 miles into the ocean. Is it 1.3 nice. miles? It's 1.3 miles. It's 1,880... 1.889 kilometres, 1.3 miles. Hell. I mean, it's just... It's I have no idea. It's man that made, long. I've never been. It's man-made lunacy. <laughs> man-made madness. You should be pitching that to Discovery or someone. Johnny Smith's man-made madness. Nah, Suggs would get that. Look gig. what these pricks did. I wouldn't. I would. I wouldn't get that job. In fact, it, it's one of those ones of uh, it's the documentaries about how things are made in factories with Greg Wallace is different <laughs> from MasterChef. He, he runs around like a hyperactive egg, shouting at people. <laughs> How's this working? <laughs> All right. And the Step bloke's like, bit, the mate. bloke's like, dude, this is the door handle that opens the door into the factory. You don't need yeah. to get too excited about that bit. But come now, on in anyway. Uh, just let me stop you there, Greg. Unfortunately, because you spoke so loudly over this vat of fondant, we've got to throw it all away. So there's going to be no cream eggs this year, you prig. <laughs> well, sorry, mate. Oh, no, no. That's delicious. He's, um, we've he's gone into a factory that show. makes tyres. I've just opened the door. I can't believe how many tyres are in here. Well, it is a tyre factory. So on the basis of it being a factory that makes solely tyres, I'd say you're going to experience a lot of tyres today. Yeah? Just <laughs> What's going on in here? Making tyres? Yes, that's exactly yeah. it. What? That's mad. <laughs> Thanks it's for your insightful mad. commentary, Greg. It's not... It, if you'd read the crib sheet, Greg, it's not really that yeah. bad. It's just exactly what we were expecting. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you? What, all they do in here is make pine furniture. That's unbelievable. <laughs> well, it's not, though, is it? I mean, it's quite comprehensible when you think about 
Oh, can you imagine a day in the life of Greg Wallace? He turns up at like a oh, piano exhausting. shop and he goes, oh, I can't believe all the stuff you do with pianos. Well, that's what all we do. We don't do anything else. <laughs> well, you could play any song on this, like any song, any song. Just name a song, you could play it on it. Well, not me personally, but a pianist could. What, a pianist? There's people called pianists. What's that? That's mad. <laughs> it's like Joey Essex. But, but. <laughs> oh, anyway, I like, I like people Greg. who find everything about the modern world slightly incomprehensible and amazing. I mean, it's quite sweet in a way, but it is. Um, I was going to say there tiring. is a charm. There's a tiring it's... to live with, I'd imagine. What's this? Eggs, eggs on toast, scrambled. You scrambled them. How do you scramble them? What's this? You put them on the toast. That's mad. What's going on? What's going on? <laughs> I'd like Greg Wallace. Do you know what? If Greg Wallace was was on EastEnders every episode, I'd I'd watch EastEnders because it would bring some positivity and brightness to an otherwise gloomy bastard show. What if he just walked into every scene just going, what's going on? You walk in, but what's going on with... But a high intonation, what's going on? What's going on? (laughs) And and then he'd go, oh, look, so hang on a minute. You're in deep debt, but it's okay. You'll, You'll get over it. You're spending too much money on alcohol. You need to come with me. Let's have a celery smoothie and we'll go for a little run. You, over there, the one that looks a little bit rough. No offence, love, but you do. Uh, you. He'd just go around and, like, micro-analyse people in a really jolly, shallow has, way. Uh, has Greg Wallace got a VTech voice? I think he might. Because oh. he's got a sort of high bit and then he's he's got a he's two He's two-stroke power band, isn't he? He's um yeah. he's sort of nineties um foreign holiday hire motorbike, isn't he? <laughs> you know where they're just a little bit because Sp- Spain being Spain, where they really love motorbikes, they're very passionate. They 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 always err on the sort of like, of course it's too much power and it's going to be a little bit out of hand, but that's the way we like it. Let's hire it to some foreigners. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So hang on, I, I, can I just? So hire which a, one do you want? Do you want the do you want the eleven horsepower one? Or the 49 horsepower. Oh, 49, please. Are you sure? It is only, it only weighs as much as a shoe. Mm, 49. And then, um, and then some pissed people on a stag do accidentally ride one into the sea. Oh, it's almost like the Spanish go, do you know what? Look, listen, we've got a great idea here. We're not going to make any money from this business, but someone's going to come along. I just want a 49cc thing that gets me from the villa in the morning where I'm hungover to the beach, and then I'll park it all day with a towel on it, and then I'll ride it home at 26 miles an hour. They'll be like, no, do you know what? For the same amount of money, we'll give you a 250 XGP two-stroke bike, and you can have what looks like a horse-riding helmet that's been kicked down a flight of stairs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Go on, have a go on that. By the way, wear flip-flops. Don't wear anything else. Yeah. All right, jump yeah. Oh, just just to be sure, you are going to ride this shirtless, aren't you? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No problem at all. That's Excellent. Good, just because checking. I am the king of Spanish scooter rentals, <laughs> and there are two things I hate. The British and the British. And so I want to take their money and then hurt them. You shirtless man, ride, ride like the wind on my 250cc death machine. Shirtless man. <laughs> I have to say, there is a charm to that. I have done a bit of that in the, in the past. and Have you? Frankly, I'm too don't, to do that. I don't know how I've survived, but I, I don't definitely don't do it anymore. It was back, in, back in the day, Rich, back in the day. Back in the day, back in the old back days, back to the old school. There's uh, a bloke I used to know who went to Thailand, I think, and he went to a scooter rental shop, and there's a load of them just getting picking up their scooters, and the guy came to him and went, do you know how to ride one of these? 
and this bloke, he's, he was called Neil. He still is called Neil. So, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I went, show me. You need to show me that you can, you know what you're doing on this <laughs> oh, before gosh. I'll let you go. Oh gosh. So oh, Neil, gosh. almost, almost theatrically, almost like a stuntman, going, I won't be needing this. Handed the guy his crash helmet. Oh shit. He rode off up. There's a street that ran straight up in front, like away from the rental shop. So he rode up the street a little bit. He turned around, he stopped, he gave a cheery wave to the rental man, and then he pinned it open, and it went careering down the street. He realised he, 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 for some reason, he panicked and he couldn't shut the throttle off, and he just went straight through the front window of the hire shop. You're joking. He went... Yeah, he got, he got really banged up. Like, he came back from Thailand with both his hands and forearms all in plaster. He went through the front, the front of the, the hire bike shop. Even he was able to admit, in retrospect, it must have looked really funny because he handed the helmet to the man as if uh, <laughs> yeah, the great Neil has no need of that, and then rode up the street. The cheery wave, he said, was probably the mistake. That was a it terrible gave, it, idea. It was misplaced confidence, and then yeah, it's he absolutely pinned idea. it open and couldn't stop, and he um, he went through plate glass window. I can't. I don't think I can compete with that. I mean, I've seen people doing... You know when drifters do one hand out of the window to prove that they've got full car control with one hand? I've seen, <laughs> I've seen that. I've seen people obviously doing that for the first time and it, it, slightly overcooking the situation. And it's always in a crowd, we know, like Mustangs leaving yeah, coffee-based yeah. activities. And um, it's, it's horrible because you know they need the other hand. They, they need that other hand. Mm. Mm. And it all happens mm. too late. There's too much wheeling going on and flailing and indicator yeah. stalk snapping. And I it's mean, it's just... funny, isn't it? But in the in the mere nanoseconds in which that hand is suddenly required and the owner of the hand realises that, it's too <laughs> long, isn't it, to pull it back in through the window oh, way and get too. it on the wheel. And way... it's got, you just, also, you're just going to, like, sort of, that hand will come in and then just get sort of, like, the ends of your fingers will just get twatted by oh, one of the you, fast rotating spokes and it will do it break, you break all of your knuckles yeah it's just a terrible thing I, f- I, I wanted to say sorry to listeners for not appearing last in the last podcast I'm, I'm oh, yes. I, I, honestly it's not like we had some sort of like creative um, falling out or uh I don't know. I refused to go on tour when you wanted to go on tour or anything. <laughs> you just, it's just, you just uh, refused to come out of your dressing room until uh, someone had appealed all of the opal fruits in your rider. That's right. And the wrappers on them. And, of course, uh, it's bound to kick off. Yeah, it didn't all happen. kick off. It's like oh, you know what he's like when he's not had his yeah, starburst. It wasn't like that. It was just a perfect storm of... of of, uh, of of you having a lot on, me having a lot on, and not being able to align... I suppose. Yeah. And, uh, um, it's <clears throat> given our, our joint standards of organisation. It's a miracle it hasn't happened before. I, I felt like it was going to happen again this week, but I felt I felt I felt that too. Yeah, I, I of, agree. Of stuff. Um, yeah. Well, anyway, I held the fort as best I could by just crapping on about my Range Rover. So. Um, Thank you, Rich. Uh, some people asked when you're going to do a solo show, so I guess maybe at some point you probably should to then sort of, you know, level things out somehow. Is, um, oh, is it a bit like when Simon and Garfunkel used to, like one used to go off stage when the other one did Bridge Over Troubled Water or whatever? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, humpback Bridge Over uh, Backwater <laughs> Lanes. Uh, in fact, uh, I did do that once uh, in an e-golf with my children in the car. And, uh, yeah, I thought the front struts were going to come through the bonnet. It was not... 
my finest hour of driving. You've um, you've mentioned this before, possibly on a video or maybe on a podcast, but you yeah. didn't mention the car because you didn't want the people who owned the car to know about Ah, oh, well, Volkswagen <laughs> don't listen to this podcast. It's absolutely they fine. They probably don't. I did give it a really good checking over. I was convinced mm. that the wheels were octagonal. I convinced I'd had four blowouts simultaneously because it was so loud, the landing. And, uh, yeah, I was convinced that things had gone very, very sour. But uh, it was all fine. It's all fine. Um, I had that once, going a, a bit of a lick across a big junction where there's sort of, you know, where sort of one main road crosses another and there's lights and we'd got the green light. So I just went for it. You know, oh. we, we arrived, the lights were on green. So it's just like, you know, you do that kind of thing where sort of, particularly when you're young and idiotic, which I was at the time, just <coughs> went, I'm not going to stop if it starts to turn red. So I just floored it oh. in a um, quite powerful four-seater convertible from a well-known German manufacturer. <laughs> and I had three mates in the car as well. We got the roof down and we were just being twats. And... You know, you, sometimes you, when it's too. Were you DSG tromboning in said vehicle or not? Well, I would have. It would have been an automatic, and it was. So, this was a quite a while ago. This was like in the early two thousands. But I don't think things okay. tromboned that, that much back then. <laughs> um, and but it would have been. I think it was a V eight. It would have been a V eight. Anyway, this is not the point. The, the, you know, sometimes where two major roads meet, and then but one of them will then sort of. There's almost a hump as you drive along where the crown of the other road you're crossing is. Oh yes. And so we sort of, there was a bigger than expected crown and the car didn't take off. What it did do is just bottom out really horribly. <laughs> and there was the sound of the bottom of the car meeting the top of the road in a, in a really, really ugly way. Um, and I saw, but you know, also you don't know what to do after that. So I sort of no. stopped and had a little sort of cautious peer underneath. And it's like, right, I can't see anything dripping or hanging down. Yeah, so I'm going to say it's okay. <laughs> Nothing hanging down. I love that. Yeah, it's but like at what like major track rods that control the steering yeah. and things like that. But yeah. uh, but in truth, it's probably it probably just sort of put an enormous crease in the floor pan and probably like pancaked a major part of the exhaust or something that I couldn't even see. But it's okay. You know, no lights came on. I always think that's when you something like that happens and then lots of lights come on the dashboard. You know, you're in shit. Then yeah, you? that's true. Or the airbag goes off. Yeah. Yeah, I've never had that. I've never had an airbag go off. I've never experienced airbag face. But they do facial. test for that, don't they? There's a lot of testing goes on to make sure that airbags don't go off if you just twat into a curb at speed or something idiotic like that. Yes. There's yeah, a great calibrate. video, actually, of um, VWs from about sort of 20-odd years ago, maybe, of VW just doing like that. And it's things like just a, a, an old like the original new beetle one of those just being driven into an enormous mound of gravel oh yeah 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 have you seen this yeah and i've then, dr- i've done that before what i've driven into an enormous mound yeah, of I did gravel it, I did in a it new it, beetle i did it in an opal corsa actually um what? it wasn't a hire car in spain but uh, it was a genuine it was at the test center in germany and oh. uh, i did it for fifth gear when i first started out on tv it was one of my very early jobs I had to do a I had to do a bore strike I think they called it so they had a a, a dummy bore that you had to drive okay, yeah. drive into and they yeah. gauged the severity of the impact and then I had to do I had to drive into a huge mound of gravel and then there was one other really weird and it was mostly for calibration of airbag mm. um, to decide was it worth the airbag going off for this. Uh, which is a lesser known Pet Shop Boys song, I'm pretty sure. But um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was actually quite exciting. I mean, I did ruin three courses intentionally. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, and then, is it, were you just wearing a normal seatbelt? Yeah, 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 completely. I was wearing a T-shirt as well. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to pop on my safety T-shirt. So, yeah. is it not quite uncomfortable twatting into a pile of gravel? Because you yeah. must stop pretty sharpish. Oh, yeah, and the sound is awful. Because it was oh. it was quite quite coarse gravel, you know, like roadstone. I thought I suppose you'd mm. call it. Mm. It was a big mound of roadstone, and it and I, it, the car fully ingested it. I think they had to pull it out with a crane. I actually God. can't. I can't remember what speed we were doing. We had to do the board. We had to do all these things at quite a specific speed. I had a, a German chap in the passenger seat with me, uh, but I remember the bore. I remember the bore strike being quite, um, quite a little bit more severe than I was expecting because um, I didn't know how much boars weighed because this thing was the weight of an average boar. And yeah. boar, they're like badges. They're sort of roided badges, really. They're, yeah. they're really heavy and they have, because of course they're quite low, they go mm. right in at radiator height. They're totally mm. wreck radiators. Proper radiator wreckers. Uh, aside from the fact they lose their life usually as well, which is not ideal, but... Yeah, it was uh, that was quite heavy going, and it, and when once I'd hit it, it rolled down the road forwards so far, it just kept rolling. I did an emergency so, stop straight afterwards, and it kept rolling. Yeah, it didn't. So it didn't come up and twat the windscreen or anything. I don't think it did. I remember it just sort of like pinballing out of the rad and back down the road. I don't. I'd love to look it up. It was I think it was two thousand and six, two thousand and seven. I did this ages ago. But, yeah. I was just reading about, you know, elk uh, and the famous elk test in Sweden, which um, For tripped sure. up the Mercedes A-Class. Because yeah. I've seen pictures of Saabs being tested with, I think, an, a, a mock elk. And I guess because that's taller. Yes. And their legs are quite spindly. Yeah. So the car sort of chops their legs from under them and they just fall onto the car. And then they're coming up over the bonnet and the screen and yeah. like, mashing onto the roof. Yeah. A- and that A-pillars. can be quite bad. Yeah. So if it comes to the screen at you, you you're gonna get smushed. By oh yeah, massive elk. But um, it, apparently, elk strike is 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 made worse because elks have really shit peripheral vision, and they can't they, they they can't work out. You know, if a car's coming towards them, they don't instinctively go uh oh, and get out of the way. But also because elk have a drink problem, because they drink um f- they they eat f- highly fermented fruit. And it makes Absolutely. them a bit pissed. Ah, oh, brilliant! They, apart from the fact they don't, they can't see the car coming. Even if they do, they're just like, oh, hi, you know. So they step to the left a bit, but they, but they, they have great gauge wrong. So they basically they step yeah. right into the way of the car. Yeah, they're oh, idiots, basically. Drunk, drunk idiots. <laughs> we've all been, we've all been there. We've all been there. No, I've, I've, um, oh yeah, the elk test is quite. Elks, elks have claimed the lives of a lot of motorists. Actually, I'm sure mm. li- listeners of this podcast who are from Scandinavia can vouch for that. Uh, it's, you don't want to mess with a with a, with a, an elk. That's why they have those. We've said we've said it before on a previous video or podcast. That's why the the sort of um, Scandinavian optional extra spotlights on Volvos yeah. and stuff like that. There's, there's usually usually four of them, isn't there, on the grill, and the the two outer ones point slightly out towards the hedges and that uh, and that is so that you can see if an elk is in the hedge or running towards the road and you've got a bit of notice to yeah. um to sort of change your change your, your speed or your trajectory because i you- noticed when i was up in argyblog a couple of years ago that uh more modern cars they seem to have switched to those light bars 
the LED slimline bars. Yeah, right. Yeah. Than, yeah, exactly. Which are good. I mean, they're far better in terms of vision. They just don't look quite as good, do they? Mm, I don't know. I quite, I quite do you like, like them? Sort of, I quite like that kind of high-tech look. It yeah. depends on the car, though. I miss, yeah. Well, talking of which, I was going to say, I've been tooling around this week in the uh, Alfa Romeo Juliet Quadro Foglitio. Oh, and, yes. Um, Did I you think, quite borrow this it. because we were talking about it? Or was this a coincidence? I, it's because we talked about it because I suddenly realised I've not driven that damn car and it's been out several years and it looks yeah. splendid, as we yeah. spoke about. But I just thought, I've, I've got to just see whether it's all good or not. And, and I haven't done... I haven't done that many miles in it yet, um, but and I got it. Well, all the days since I've got it have been stormy and damp and very cold. So, and uh, first mm. thing, first thing I can tell you is that the traction control is 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 as laid back as a, <laughs> a, a as a as a as a sort of a, an Italian um, jazz singer. Uh, it's just it's so like it's so squirrely. Yeah, is it as laid back as the traction control on that VXR8 that I used to have? It's it's exactly just, like you'd that. be fully sideways, and then the car would sort of go, "Oh, mate, oh yeah, oh, oh, looks you like you've got a bit of a slide on here. Do you want some help with that?" <laughs> That's exactly what it reminded me of. It's that proper like, "Oh, you've stepped out. Oh, hang on. Oh, I'm supposed to have done something. Okay, yeah. uh, here we go. <laughs> Shuffling I'm do papers. It. Yeah, I'm going to do it. I've, I've done oh, it. Sorry, mate. Uh, I just I popped out for a cigarette. Um, what's going on? Oh, shit. <laughs> that looks bad. Can I... Uh, ooh. Can I help you clear that up? Break a wheel or something? (laughs) I can't remember. Hang on, there's a manual around here. Oh, man. It's very much like that. But there's a couple... Apart from the driving dynamics, I haven't explored fully, should we say. But what Hmm. I can tell you about, it's got some very interesting quirks, which I don't know if this is general Alfa Romeo, because I've not driven enough of them, and there's not that many models out mm. is there these days but no it does th- several things which i thought the only person in the world that might appreciate this observation is you um one of them is and at first i, I this made me livid but now i'm finding it quite charming is that every time you turn the car off and turn it back on again it it will not start the car up with the infotainment on no ra- no radio no infotainment nothing and i don't know if it's a setting which someone pre pre preset prior to me driving the car but basically every single time you start the car up there's a completely blank screen in the center console and you have to hold your finger down on the sort of like infotainment button to strike everything up that feels like a fault though doesn't it it feels like a fault but at the same and i it made it pissed me right off when i first got the car I thought, what's going on this is i was listening to the radio it the sat nav was on why is it suddenly all not on but I, I'm wondering whether it's an Italian decision to just go, do you know what? You've bought a car with an interesting sounding engine. Mm. It's quite intenso. intensio. You've got the start-stop button on the steering wheel. For, for sure, let, why don't you just listen to the car for a bit and drive the car maybe for the first couple of minutes without any distractions? And then yeah. you can introduce a bit for Damon. <laughs> so there's that. Interesting. Yeah. And then something that's a bit 90s on it is is every time you open and close the car, or lock and unlock the car, should I say, it bleeps twice really loudly. Oh, man. Really loudly. It drives me nuts. And that's a that's um, an FCA thing. I don't okay. think... I don't, I, hopefully Stellantis <laughs> will quash it now. But the Jeeps, the, the Jeep Renegade, which I thought was quite a nice little car in many ways. Yeah, I don't mind the it Renegade. It does that. 
And yeah. I looked and looked, and I couldn't find a way to turn it off. And it turns out that in in later Renegades, you cannot turn it off, and it's infuriating. And one day I had to, I think I'd gone to see some friends, and I left their house at sort of like 11.30 at night, and they live on quite a you know little terrace street in London, and you can't get into it without going bip, bip, and you just go, you twat, waking people up, rude. And I think I remembered now that I think when we borrowed um, uh, some Quattro Formaggio Julia's for um, the Grand Tour, they did that. <laughs> Four cheese And they all Julia. had, I'm pretty sure we borrowed like two or three, and they all had weird little glitches with them. One of them, the alarm kept going off. Oh, that's which is, nice. again, a very sort of... That's kind of an 80s fault, isn't it? <laughs> that, like, that, it is quite That's a classic 80s fault where you sort of got to run out in the middle of the night and close all the air vents to try it's, and stop the ultrasonic uh, alarm going off. It's textbook sort of um, maladjusted Clifford aftermarket... Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, Joyride-era alarm system. <laughs> and you're like, oh, is it really being nicked or is it just, like, had another hissy fit in the wind again? Yeah. <laughs> What's going on? Yeah, it on? is. It's just, oh, it's too breezy out here. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I can't stand that. I, like, I, I remember having a week with one of those renegades and going, I like this car, but I could not have one because that bip-bip thing just drives me nuts. Well, just like you said, I was going to say, the, the only time it, it bothered me was I had to leave the house really early. And it, yeah. and it would go, meh, meh, like that as soon as you got in the county. Like, that's louder than the exhaust, because it hasn't actually yeah. got... It hasn't got a very loud exhaust note until you put it on kind of like race or dynamic or, hmm. you know, uh, hairy chest mode. So you can actually start the car up and be quite considerate neighborhood watch spec but you can't unlock it or lock it in a in a in a polite manner so that's a bit of a brian um and the last thing is again i'm I'm chuckling because it's just it's probably just an italian it's got heated seats right obviously it's it's pretty cold at the moment and i'm a wuss and um i put the heated seat on i put it on one and it was like i couldn't even feel it for about Mm. after 10 minutes i think it's not on Put it, put it on two, and it made a very, very slight difference. You know, like we're talking 5% increments, maybe. <laughs> and then I put it on number three, which on a lot of cars, that's proper, you know, poo cooking central. <laughs> and, and, and this one, after, after like half an hour with number three on, it was at best lukewarm, I would say. At oh. best. At best. So I think it's a case of the Italians have just gone, listen, you don't need heated seats. We've put them in because you allegedly want them, but yeah, you don't need because the, 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 the guy who runs our Swedish office keeps going on about them I don't know why yeah but, he, but what does he know what would you, why would you want heated seats when you live in Turin exactly, oh, exactly. It's, just, it's just stupid just and need a really yeah, nicely that's... tailored puffer jacket and, um, and some stylish shoes and just yeah and actually, there's no heat at all. It's just one button, two buttons, three three lights on the dash. That's all it is. And <laughs> Maybe that's where the heat was coming from. It was the lights in the switch rather than the seats themselves. <laughs> so that sounds pathetic. Yeah, it was. But I'm, and, and I'm going to be driving it over the weekend and stuff to put some, try and put some more miles on it. It's just, it's, it's such an interesting car. Mm. And it does make me feel very exclusive. I get, yes. I get in a sea of three series and C classes and, and A fours, especially hot, you know, like hot Audis with the sort of massive oval exhausts, which aren't really there when you follow them. You realise there's a tiny exhaust inside it, which yeah. is a bit like a massive penis sleeve over a small penis. Well, yeah, it is. Isn't isn't it? It? They're just stuffing their trunks. Yeah, it's a dick, dick sleeve. <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's just a dick sleeve, and I just think in a world of all of that, that car, the Julia. 
with its beautiful enamel clover leaves on the front wings and the carbon fibre inserts in the on the mm. inside. It 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 does look fantastic. It looks. I've only brilliant. driven it very briefly. <clears throat> I haven't had a long go in it, but I do remember it felt it felt a bit like. You know, you could sort of tell. You know, when, you, when you've driven a lot of cars like we have in our job, you get a vibe from a car quite quickly. Yeah, and it felt there was a good vibe to it. it felt quite special, quite nice, and yeah, I would have liked to have had more of a, a run in it to really see what it was like. But um, I also, when I see any Julia around, and particularly a, a Quadrifoglio, I always just think, "Wow, nice, yeah." What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. You, sir or madam, have made a choice there. You haven't got that car accidentally. You've gone into that knowing that you wanted not a Dick Sleeve Audi or a BMW or a Merc. Hi, I'm Dick Sleeve Audi. Yes. Uh, <laughs> weren't they at South by Southwest Festival uh, a yeah, couple of years they, ago? Uh, no, they, I think they're Southern California's largest Audi dealer, aren't they? Dick Sleeve Audi. Oh, of course they are. <laughs> Hi, I'm Dick Sleeve, Southern California's <laughs> Audi specialist. Dick Sleeve, um, Dick Sleeve Audi. So yeah, I I well I, I report back next week, um, but I I think it's everyone I know who's driven it extensively, absolutely loves it, including my sometime colleague TV's Jeremy Clarkson, who um, loved it so much he was going to buy one. Oh well, that, that's good. To, but why didn't he? I don't know. He was going on busy? about it for ages, and I think he talked to Alfa Romeo and went, "No, seriously, I'll, I'll I'll buy one off you." And and then I don't know why the trail went cold, but. Uh, can you get? He, can you get him to? Well, funny enough, I'm going to see him tomorrow. So yeah, I'll ask him. Can why you? Can you just one. say? Yeah. Can you buy it in that incredible? I mean, this one is is in the blue, the sort of electric blue. That, uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Can't remember the Italian name, but mm. the the emeraldy green. Get him. Get him one in that colour, or or just make him. I nearly said make him pull the trigger on that, but I'm not going to say that because that's just <laughs> that's a dick sleeve. Pull Audi back move. the bow on that one. Yeah, pull yeah. out the foreskin and put, purchase that one. But no, seriously, uh, he, he should he should should do that. It's brilliant. It's Talking brilliant. of good colours, um, have you seen? You know that small Lexus that looks a bit like it could turn into a robot at any minute. It's very angular and it's got sort of almost like Gandini wheel arches on it. Oh, the U, I mean? is I it the, U, the UT? UX. U, UX. It's the fully UTD. 
Yeah, UHT. Uh, no. it's the the UHT, that's right. You can keep it for ages and it won't go off, even out of the fridge. It's true. I'm going to have to look this up. Fucking useless car journalist I am. Jesus, I can't remember. I'm, I'm just losing my grip. Um, it's called the U... Yeah, the U... Oh, no, it says... <laughs> The no, there was a picture of it on the homepage of the Lexus website, but it says "Welcome to Lexus UK," and I was about to go. It's called the Lexus UK. It's called the UK. It's called the Lexus no. UKIP, and it's for people that it don't like foreign the luck, UX. but they've forgotten it was... that it's Japanese. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's called the UX, and um, it's sort of there's one that parks around the corner from my house, and uh, yeah, I sort of, with familiarity, I've kind of gone. I quite like that. I think it's okay. It's got some weird bits on it. It's got like little fins coming off the back lights. Yeah, it has. It has. But it's, um, you know, I, I, it's a bit interesting. And I sort of, I, more than that, you sort of go, like the one I walked past, it is, um, it is just like grey-ish. And it's got, you know, you just look at it and you go, the paint is just visibly really good on it and the, the doors are visibly really tightly shutting and you just sort of go that's a well-made car isn't it of course it's because he's making legs but i've noticed them around a couple of times they do this really good sort of like almost military green have you seen this no what a ux in military sort of olive camo it's olive olive exactly that's it because it's not just green it's like uh, so it's got that sort of um, NATO spec, NATO-y sort of feel to it. It's got a bit more sort of almost like a browny undertone to it. It's a really interesting colour because it's not just your normal sort of. I've just found it here on the configurator. It doesn't say what it's called. And I want to know what the colour is. Called. Is this satin or is this gloss? No, it's gloss. Okay, that's the oh, thing. They've not gone, you know, because I don't. I'm not. Uh, that's probably trying a bit too hard, particularly on a you know sort of small hybrid car. But it's. It's just got a sort of interesting tone to it. Which Isn't I, it a full um, EV? I, like. I can't remember. Is it? Is there is a, there is an EV one, yeah. Yeah. But there's also a hybrid one. Ah, okay, okay, okay. A bit so, like those things that you only ever see in London, the RX, the the yeah. uh, the Lexus RX. It's a very sort of Larry Larry David spec car, isn't it? You yeah. see lots of people um, around London who look like Larry David driving these. <laughs> um, that green is called Terrain Khaki. I'm going to look that up. Terrain is spelled T-E-R-R-A-N-E. Why is it spelled like that? I don't know. Ter- terrain Khaki. Um, it's khaki. nice. It's, I don't know whether I'd go all out. It's, <clears> it's one of those colours where I go, I admire someone who specced it because it's not just silver or black or grey, but I don't know whether I'd be bold enough to do it because it's sort of whether one day you'd come out of your house and go, oh... Oh no, I've actually one, gone off that. One now. of those in the coupe with the spider's web grill might look good. Yes. Mightn't it? And it now, might be two fingers up to the kind of um you know, the dick sleeves in Audi. Yeah, yeah again, well it is because you've gone, no, I didn't want a dick sleeve, I want something else. Yeah. Um I almost persuaded. Well, I say almost. A mate of mine uh was about to buy a second hand but recent shape BMW M three. And in fact he has. He's got a really beautiful spec. Nice colour, kind of blue, and it's a it's a handsome car pre the the piggy grill. And um, but he was like, uh, I think I'm going to do this. I can't think of anything else to get. I sort of do what I want. And I just remembered the Lexus GSF. Yes, and saw one last week. Of, did you? Yeah, I did. I did. Genuinely, they're quite rare, aren't they? Yeah, I was. Sorry to sort of jump onto your chat, but yeah, I was I was charging late at night outside a really cool um, kind of diner motel called Molly's uh, in Oxfordshire. 
Okay. And as I was charging and I was doing a few emails and ting, this thing came across the from the other end of the car park, like a long car park towards me. And I thought, I can hear it as well. Oh, is mm. I don't know what it is. Couldn't make it out because it was, it was night time and it was bright lights. And it was one of them. And I, and I thought, I've not seen one of those for ages. Really like it. And the bloke properly I'm sure I've ever seen one on the road. Yeah, yeah. It was... It was <clears throat> I think it's a cool choice. In fact, I've seen two. I saw one in Milton Keynes being driven very aggressively around a car park outside the snow dome. Because <laughs> I, do you know what it is? It, I, I know exactly what the story. I could tell it was a guy and his and his family, and when there were two children in the back, and he was doing what I was doing. He'd arrived a little bit late for a a session on the in the sort of uh, the, the ski slopes, the indoor ski slope things. Yeah, and you've got to do all the faffing of getting kids into the snow gear, and obviously you don't want yeah, to miss your, yeah. your hours slot or whatever it is. And he'd got stuck in traffic like me, and I bet he'd arrived at the car park, and the car park was full. It was one of those like five hundred space car parks where there's probably two spaces spare, but you haven't got any idea where they are. So you might as well run into a maze, and someone tells you, "Oh yeah, somewhere in this maze is a land landmine." Yeah, just don't go near it. <laughs> You're like, Whoa. so, and he was he was in first, or he was holding it in the, in the on the auto box, and he was just ringing it round this car park. You can tell, gnashing his teeth, going, "I just the kids just got to go and do the snow dome thing. I've got to park this damn car." He was gnashing. <laughs> We've all been there. I bet you. Yeah. Oh yeah. But somehow. I feel like if you're in an aggressive car, it makes you somehow angrier at that point. Oh, completely. Completely. It's, it's just... I had to do... You know, I was saying to you the other day that... Um, like, not on the podcast, but with the, I had to come back from over West England late at night, and I just wanted to get home, and I merged <laughs> onto the England. M4, and it was very quiet, and I was in my Porsche, and I just matted it, and then suddenly realised the speed that I'd got up to, and went, oh, my God eased right off yeah and I was just like just Too keep easy. it together don't be silly but then I, re- I just kept speeding up and I was like and I've got I think I've got to go back next week so I've got to go do another trip down the M4 and I was like I think I'm gonna I'll bring the Range Rover because it won't encourage me to drive like an absolute ring piece I hope it won't because it's just softer when you've got a car that's a bit rah, 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 let's go it's too easy to just be a bit of a bell. It's like a dog walk with a dog that just wants to pull on the, the lead and just kind of like make you break into a run at every available <laughs> opportunity. Whereas a dog which is quite happy to just sniff walls that have been previously pissed on and then waddle here and there. You know, that's the difference, isn't it? You've got to be in the right uh, mood. Yeah. You've got to be in the right yeah. mood. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, the GSF, I, I suggested it to my mate and he did sort of go, ooh, He's a car guy, so he knows, you know, he knows his stuff. And then, and I double checked. I went. I seem to remember that, like, people I know whose opinions I respect about cars, like Richard Meaden and Jethro Bobbington and people from Evo, they all really loved that car. And Clarkson loved it as well. You know, it's like it's got definitely had something to it. And I've never driven one, but I suddenly, so I, I sort of, my mate went, oh, okay, yeah, and then just went and bought the M3. Oh, but, I wish he'd bought the, uh, the 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 GSF now. I know. Well, I've just looked. There are two for sale at the moment on Auto Trade. That's it. There's only two. They're both blue. Um, the cheaper one is thirty-eight grand, which and it's what uh, five years, six years old. It's quite a lot of car for that, I a, suppose. A I mean, well, the BMW have had engine reliability issues on their hot M Sport stuff for quite a while now. I know, yes. you know, I know. I've had people with all sorts of engine bearings shatting themselves, even when they've not been driven too hard. 
So on the basis of all of that, I might go, do you know what? I just fancy being the, a bit like the Alpha Quadrafoglitio. Yeah. Uh, I just Maybe I'd just go the opposite way, go left field and just rock it yeah. with conviction. Yeah. Anyway, that Lexus is never going to go wrong. I know it's cliche, but it won't. It will be fantastic. I I feel confident that it'll it'll be um So no reliable. disrespect to your mate Rich, but he's bought the wrong car on that side well, of things. I mean, yes. Uh, but no. <laughs> I, I mean if he's happy with it then that's, you know, that's all that counts. He's but, too busy doing one-handed press-ups right now with his cuff ankle trekkie bottoms blowing a load of <laughs> strawberry flavored fog at you. <laughs> 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 Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm wrong. I can't. It's no, impossible because you're it's right. Ju- it's all facts. And I'm not referring yeah. to Jeremy Clarkson, but you can imagine if Clarkson did do all the things I've just described, and that would be quite a sight for TikTok. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> would it not? <laughs> I'd absolutely love to see that. Um, now, I had um, a message from somebody, or we had a message from somebody. Uh, who explained what's going on with those um, those broken BMW police cars? Oh, interesting! Int- and, intel um, on the uh, yeah damaged and, uh, police cars. Like a uh, like a true professional, I can't find the email. <laughs> okay, so that's a bit annoying. Well, don't worry. Well, while, while you look. Um, I was going to say, I, I, uh, you, I, you know, I, I had to go and have an operation last week. I, I was I, going to ask, how is I, your ass? I, it's okay. I mean, it's, it's, it is the first time I've spent a Valentine's Day having my jacksie fingered by a doctor. But um, it's is it though? No, yeah, it is. It, it genuinely okay, is. It, it might be the first and last. I don't know. But um, yeah, you do yourself I, down. Well. So I yeah I had to I had to have a had to have an operation and uh, have a polyp removed from inside my colon and um yeah it was it wasn't it wasn't that bad actually the inspection prior to christmas so I had a christmas an early christmas present of of having a, a I don't know a sort of hose pipe maybe with a camera on the end smothered in <laughs> goose fat <laughs> wound into my backside but um and uh, what I want, the reason why I wanted to bring this up is because I probably should have got looked at much earlier than I did. And, and I'm not going to use the pandemic as an excuse for it, because really the pandemic, it was my problem, not the pandemic's problem. And uh, yeah, I, I, I realised I was I was so occasionally seeing blood when I was going to the toilet and thinking that's, not, that's not quite right. And, um, and, and do you know what? I'm... I'm I'm annoyed with myself now because I should have just got looked at by the doctor within weeks of that happening, or within days. But um, I didn't. I, I let it go on for probably about a year and a half. No, longer, probably two years. And uh, and that's not great, especially seeing as my dad had cancer the same that way. So um, my wife bless her she 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 nagged me for ages about it and I was very blokey about it and just went oh I'm sure it's fine I'm just stressed Mm. I'm just tired or whatever anyway let's let's think about something else um but no I did it and in the end and and they decided to remove some like a a growth which I don't think is was was dangerous or anything but it just shouldn't have been there 
And um, so I wanted to say uh, that I know a few people in much higher profile situations have, have advised people, men, to not be afraid to get checked out. Please go and get yourself checked out. Mm. It's It might not be... Um, you might not be in any kind of sort of health danger, but at the same time, it's really not that bad. It's honestly not that bad. It's uh, I was treated brilliantly. Got to say a massive thank you to the NHS. They did they did a really really good job, and I felt I felt great. And I was wearing I had to take a dressing gown with me for the on treatment day, so I picked my um, that that white Audi Le Mans twenty four hour uh, dressing gown that I got free, <laughs> and it's got and it I, did I tell you about it? It's got the sleeves are slightly stained brown where my wife might have used it to put fake tan on about five years no. ago. <laughs> And so it looks like I've either been eating chocolate badly, or uh, or, or worse. But um, so yeah, I, I did that, and I've, I, feel, I feel a lot better now. I feel, I don't know, I feel like, I feel a lot better for getting it off my chest and, and admitting that it was. I should yeah. I should have just bloody sorted yeah. it out sooner, really, on that sort well, of things. But, so uh, you're all right. You're going to be okay. I think I'm going to be all right. Yeah. They've taken it yes. away for for in, for inspection. Um, so yeah, they obviously did a boroscope just before Christmas and um, realised that there are a few, that a couple of the tappets weren't quite right, and um, they were going to yeah. get some of the valve valve gear looked at, and then. So they just, just need a couple of shims. Yeah, there was a three and a half centimetre uh, polyp in the way in there to just get that bad boy out. And then three and a half centimetre. It was, yeah. Which really? I think is quite big, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, I thought it was quite big. I kind of did that thing, which That's I'm like doing a, now when I'm talking to you and going, is that a golf ball? Is that... It's like, well, I always imagine it'd be like a sort of really big slug. Yeah, it probably is a big slug. I mean, it was almost circular. It looked like a sprout. It looked like a Christmas sprout. Was it circular? Well, they showed it to you. Yeah, I was watching. I was watching the flat screen TV of them actually exploring my, my jacksy. For some reason, Whoa. I didn't close my eyes. I know, I don't, I don't know why, but... Yeah, wow. so I did... I actually watched it watched it going on the, the the thing that absolutely i'd say the worst part of the whole experience is you ha- you can't eat 24 hours beforehand and you've got to take laxatives and oh. and 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 my dad did say to me oh have you had the depth charges yet and i didn't know what he meant but yeah the sachet was just oh mm. my word yeah proper like um, you know if karcher did um <laughs> did, did, did 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 medical enemas i mean it was this proper kind of wow okay but good well look i mean i think that the probably the audience for this podcast is um what marketing people might call male skewing i know we do have female listeners because um yeah we do them have been in touch whenever we mention this in fact i'm so thankful for that i'm sorry for all the detail i'm not a dude but um uh, a lot of men i would say make up our audience and and so this is probably a little it's a good opportunity to um to use this platform to go men stop being men and get things checked out i did the same a few years ago but I had it with my um, clackers, where I found a lump, and but didn't immediately go to the hospital or the doctor or whatever. Just went, sure, it's nothing. Yeah. And it, but the thing is, it's always something, and it's better to find out what that something is. Because exactly. in my case, it wasn't, it wasn't cancer in the end. But there's a brief period when I thought it might be. Mm. And did and it yeah, worry? A horrible you? thing with it. Yeah. Well, it does because particularly when you go to the doctor and they go, oh, and then they take it really, really seriously. Yeah, and um, I know the NHS gets a lot of flack from time to time, but I think when it's at its most magnificent is is when things are serious. Exactly, when they, they think they could be life threatening, and they swing into action. And because I, I remember, they said to me, "You need to come in back in, back in tomorrow." 
so we got, we've got to investigate this further and I went oh, okay they went, well we haven't got any appointments so I was like alright well I won't come back tomorrow I was feeling a sense of relief and they went no no you are coming back tomorrow we will find time and they they got me gosh did they they really well and that yeah well that 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 can be quite because i'd left it so long that they couldn't be certain they assumed it was a tumor which it wasn't it was a cyst but they um they 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 assumed the worst and they took immediate action but that's after me putting off for friggin ages like a twat so yeah um yeah, man, don't be twats. Well, well like done you. You and me. <laughs> well, yeah, we're, um, we're, I mean, it's known that we're twats anyway, so I guess that's I the think news, so, is yes. it? I mean, but, but it's, it's good to have it sort of confirmed that medically speaking, we are twats yeah. as well. Well, while I was while they were up there with mine, I said if you put a three branch manifold on it and uh, you know a f- <laughs> full flow ex- full flow exhaust and yeah, you know maybe a third injector and then we'll be sorted. We'll be stage three, won't we? Or maybe stage four. Stage right? three, yeah, got stage three. Right, arse, stage three on it on that side, yeah, stage three. Um, yeah. All right. Well, uh, I've have found the message from someone who's. Um, in the police and has asked not to be named but oh, really um, oh brilliant and they said so part of the problem is that um the police a lot of police forces put all their eggs in one basket and move to about 80 to 90 percent bmws on their car fleets that's ridiculous there's a great cash cow for bmw but yeah um They've, they've screwed up he says that the uh, n57 for reasons unknown seems to catch fire something to do with the fuel system Oh my gosh! Firewalls that's... seem to crack at an alarming rate, and we're given a special brace in the workshop. And the gearbox seizes at speed, which makes you poo. He says a little. What? Um, and the extra battery fitted seems to add a load onto the electrics, which causes them to catch fire. And it sounds it, you know, like a saying, terrible idea what's... for a cop car. I know this is awful, isn't it? Anyway, and this is, you know, this is from someone at the sharp end, so no reason to doubt this if they are who they say are. But. Um, um, they go on to say that the cars aren't ragged as such, but a lot of the wear is naught to 100 to naught, not from pursuits, which are rare, but from going after speeders from a standstill. So I suppose because we were speculating on what could cause it. Ah, uh, right. And it is, I guess, sitting idling and then absolutely ragging up to high speed and then down again. Um, and uh, this person says that there's not enough tea in China to make them buy an ex-traffic car. Oh, okay. They get damaged so, all the time in tactical contact. Well, that's because we don't put brimming ball bars on the front, which is one of the few things that Americans do that I think is a great idea. Which is yes, actually, you, listen, p- p- perps know that the front end of a, any modern car is a weak spot, so therefore they willingly goad you into crunching into oh, them and stuff. Yeah. Um, the uh, you know also we were saying oh they don't tune up police cars that's that's bollocks and 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 this person also says traffic cars are not tuned never have been really a few were the Focus STs years back were given the mount tune pack which was an official Ford pack so that's what I mean you know they don't want anything that will screw your warranty it's got to be something that's been through factory approval procedures but he says they blew up so did they really did it yeah uh and then apparently the only other one is the uh, volvos some of the newer volvos have been given the polestar map which again i think is an official modification and that's just because out of the factory they're really slow um so bmw (laughs) are now insisting that the police cars are fully serviced every eight thousand miles on the nail so the cars are constantly out of service I feel like other car manufacturers need to step in now and do some sort of guerrilla advertising and just keep giving l- extra long test periods um, for, for other. <laughs> I want to, and also I want to see some other models of car on the road. Yeah, 
I think that's we, we just for, for people who are interested in cars. It's interesting to see. But you do with plain clothes. Well, actually, do you know something else that this yeah, uh, the, our police spec. person here says? You don't get plain clothes or undercover cars. We just call them unmarked cars. So we've we've marked ourselves out as um, no nothings there. But um, oh. and you don't get pursuit spec either. They're just five thirties. Um, for a few years, they basically the police had SE spec with cloth seats and no nav, but with M Sport brakes and suspension. Oh, what a what a lovely spec. Well, lovely, mm. lovely, cheeky little spec that. So, what do we think um, the police should have, not uh, rather than BMWs? What should they be tooling around in right now, in the UK? Alfa Romeos, oh. quadrifolios. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, with actual quad fog lights on the front. You know, there's yellow kind of like inter- <laughs> foreign spec yes. fogs, like on that new-ish BMW M5 CS has got yellow. Yeah, DRLs. Except they're not allowed to be yellow in the daytime. They're only yellow when you put the headlights on. Apparently, that's yeah, that's exactly, exactly. That's so Alpha should just step in and go. Right here we go. Let's do this. It could but, be cool. Um, I'm wondering because the police have lots of requirements, don't they? Including they, they, we talked about this before. Like, remember I said ages ago, have you ever been in a narrow corridor with a police person? They're really bulky. They're just oh, like all of the lot. kit they wear now. Yeah. They, they're just like kind of like bizarre superhuman people because they just seem to be kind of much bulkier than a natural human being would be. And it's all the kit <laughs> they have sort of tied to them. So you can't. Because I remember that may be why Clarkson didn't buy the Alpha because the one criticism he had of it is that it, it somehow the door, the front door aperture is too small. Have you found this? That it's a sort of awkward car to get into? Oh, interesting. I have got into it in tight parking spaces a lot over the last two days because people keep parking too close to me. And you know you have to do that shimmy thing where you don't want to damage the door paint on the edge, the leading edge. Yeah, yeah. But I also had a drink with me and a coat and it was very <laughs> stormy weather. I didn't want the door to fling open any more than I was. Yeah. It was actually quite stressful. I found it to be quite stressful. So when I got back to the car the second time, and no, and someone had moved, no, was no one next to me. I was like, "Oh, thank goodness for that. That's good." Yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe. I think the um, the boot sorry, opens I- very aggressively. If you had your chin, if you had your face sort of leaning over the boot lid, because obviously a saloon, if you if it, it, it flicks up fast like a boxer yeah. doing an uppercut. I seem to remember a story from the launch of I think the Saab Nine Three. Do you remember when that the 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 one that went to the last one, basically before Saab went bust. The, yeah, yeah. The, when it became a saloon. Yes, it was sort of quite a nice car. It was. I'm sure it was sort of a story from the launch of that that the they realised as they were launching the car to to the world's media that the um, the springs on the boot release were too powerful because a, a journalist got cuffed under the chin by it. <laughs> got knocked and they made out. some they made some modifications in production <laughs> to, to make it less aggressive. I think I remember that story. Don't quote me on it, but I did just want to finish. The, so we've actually had two messages from police people. Um, the first person who I was just reading out their message, um, they concluded what they said with, uh, it's been noticed that BMW are chucking spec at the cop cars now in an effort to stop Volvo and Audi nosing back in. But I don't want them to chuck spec at it. I want them to chuck sort of policey, secrety things. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't um, I don't need, like, extra jingle and extra jangle. I want proper purposeful police at the end of the day the, and if you see an x5 going by it needs to be able to carry 300 road cones and go naught to 60 quicker than a civilian one that's what i want yeah. a police car so um but i think that's why certain cars which you think might be policey can't because they haven't got the payload to carry 
incredibly bulky police people plus cones plus whatever else they need to carry that I don't know maybe police, police maybe police themselves have got bulkier because of the unreliability of the BMWs they're travelling in so they carry around a fire extinguisher a very large one in one yeah. holster you know, like 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 a very large holster and then they um, carry around like an OBD reader in one in their <laughs> just in case pocket. just get it while you're sitting by the side of the road just watching traffic just just do a quick OBD check give, make sure give, everything, a, give it a flash map or whatever that um, means so we did have this is the this is the message that I wanted to read out that this is this was um from another police officer who I won't name um he says uh, officers are now told not to idle BMWs unnecessarily as this used to be common practice at scenes where emergency lighting was needed to warn road users of an incident <clears throat> the engine needed to run as the battery would be flattened due to the lights being on for a prolonged time mm. now officers switch off the engines but are finding when they return to the vehicles the batteries are flat why don't the they just have a lithium-ion extra lithium-ion well, pack? I, know, it I mean, seems it weird, just seems like. I guess like maybe if you're sitting there for a long time. I mean, you know, sometimes you're clearing up the scene of an accident. I imagine you're there for a long time, aren't you? Yeah. But even so, um, they go on to say the issue is that following long periods of idling, the oil becomes really thin and not properly lubricating the bottom end, and it's then causing the crank bearings to fail if the car is then re- used to respond to the next incident. Yeah. In some extreme cases, the cranks have then broken and hot oil has burst into flames as the block then rods itself, spitting the oil into the undertray. Oh my gosh. Some problems. We've now put in place a strict service interval, which is what our other contact was saying. Uh, and uh, if any vehicle goes over the schedule by even 0.01 of a mile, BMW <laughs> won't continue the warranty. What? Officers have regularly been told not to exceed 90 miles an hour while BMW are looking for a solution. Oh, my gosh. So um, all of this is being revealed, right? If there's a mm. if there's a, a, a criminal listening to Smith & Sniff podcast, they're going to know that like they can outwit a BMW response vehicle because there's so many parameters in place. What's interesting is this person goes on to say that... Um, there's, that forces are actually binning off BMW and Audi vehicle contracts, which I guess leaves Volvo because I don't think that JLR are particularly into the police game anymore. Are they? Don't really see. No, I which like is used to see shame. sort of XFs and Discoveries, but not so much. I actually well, think Discoveries it, actually were the highway officers, weren't they? They weren't even proper police. But yeah, I think an eye pace would be a fantastic thing for the job. If it yeah, hasn't but I think used. interior is probably a bit cramped. And the range thing might be an issue. I don't well, know. Well, can't you just sculpt it all out? Go, oh, hang on. There's a there's a shortage of semiconductors and other chips and things. Why don't you just tear it all out? Just have it really bare bones. <laughs> have no back seat. So if you if, if you have to arrest someone and take them away, you call for another well, backup. Just have to lie down in the back. <laughs> don't go anywhere. <laughs> yeah, um, something like that would be ideal. Yeah. Our other police listener. Uh, has uh, conc- concludes their email with catching crims, perps, and shits is our number one priority. Brilliant. <laughs> so Aww. that's reassuring. I love sort of you, mission listeners. statement there for the police. Um, our listeners are great. Um, well, thank you to both of those listeners who I won't name for um, legal for, reasons. For giving us a little bit of yeah for legal reason legal reasons. <laughs> uh, but but thanks for the intel. It's always good to um, to know. Um, we should probably wrap this up. Yeah. Um, but, um, I don't want to, but uh, we have to, really, don't we? Well, I, yeah, I'll be honest. I've got a cold and I feel a bit rank. So, oh. um, so anyway, before uh, I start mining, mining about minor ailments, um, I've got three things to tell you. They are one: Johnny has a solo YouTube channel uh, called The Late Break Show. You probably know that by now. Mm. Uh, some excellent vids on there recently. The Ford Sierra, 
uh, Barn Find is oh, a yeah. cracker. And uh, you've got a new idol chat-up as well now, haven't you? Got a new idol chat-up with the man that cheated death. Um, uh, he's a most successful British superbike rider of all time, yeah, Shane Byrne, who's got some amazing car stories involving Pagani's Zonda head gaskets and all sorts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, go and have a Pagani's watch. Pagani's Zonda head gasket? Yeah. yeah. I haven't yeah. seen that yet. Um, it's not a John Peel session, thing. I promise. No. <laughs> Three more from them later. Uh, the second thing I've got to tell you is I've got various books out. Um, one of them is called Boring Car Trivia Volume 2. The sort of bastard stepchild of those books, because I rarely mention it, but I think it's uh, it holds its own with the others in the trilogy, so um, please go and buy that, uh, either as a paperback or an e-book from Amazon, or you can get the paperback from the Late Break Show merch shop. Oh, yeah. There's other Smith & Sniff items of merch as well. And the third thing I've got to tell you is that the least populous US state is Wyoming. Just a population of 576,000 people, that's all. But it's the ninth largest state, just under 98,000 square miles. So it's bigger than the UK. Gosh. And it has barely over half a million people live there. I looked this up. The nearest UK city in size is Glasgow, which has a population of 591,000 thereabouts. So that's like... The population of Glasgow having the whole of the UK to themselves. I really want to go to Wyoming now. I know I do as well, because you go, wow, I bet it's really spacious. Uh, Yeah, really spacious. Maybe it's the jewel. Maybe it's the coolest state. It's just no one's given it the time of day. Yeah. I I mean, I'll be honest, I had to check on a map to see where it is, because I was a bit hazy about, is it up there? Oh, it's up there. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. We should go sometime. We should. It sounds sounds roomy and luxurious. Let's buy a really boggy, baggy Mercury Marauder and cruise around it for a couple of (laughs) weeks. Can we do that? Yes. Okay. Please, thank you. One day, you and me, Butch. Okay, well, thank you ever so much for listening. Um, And we will do this all again next week. Until then, goodbye. Bye-bye. Welcome to Smith & Sniff, a podcast in which we talk about fog lights and bottom holes. <laughs> you could almost call your bottom hole your fog light, though. You could, actually. What, your fog, quadrifog, foglio, your single foglio, yeah. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.